2: tonight it's the cbs original comedy the neighborhood i need at least a month to prepare for a debate not six hours actually it's four hours now my watch is broken too with cedric the entertainer max greenfield and guest star wayne
0: brady you gotta fund the schools or graduate fools i stole all my lines look, don't
2: worry i got a plan okay well, what is it okay so i don't have a plan a new episode of the neighborhood you're gonna have to give up a show tonight 8 7 central on CBS. I would say my main message that I would like to get across to the big commissioners is just uh, that we want to play football and that I feel like a lot of players feel more safer um, around the facility uh, and around our protocols rather than just being on campus like a regular student. So, for example, our safety protocol is we get tested twice twice a week and around the around the facility everyone wears masks and stuff like that, so I think a lot of players feel more safe around the facility rather than just being out in the community without being tested twice a week.
0: That is Justin Fields, Sports Radio FNZ. Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields has been doing the national interview circuit. That was on Good Morning America yesterday, Bone, talking about his petition. He wants to play football. There are hundreds of thousands of signatures that have signed this petition, but of course – There's millions of people that won college football. (laughs) It's not a hard petition to get people to sign. It would be like me saying, does anybody want air to breathe in the world? Please sign my petition. Like, that's how much Gosh. I think people need football in their lives. People, people signing up right now for air. <laughs> how badly do you need Mac and Bone in the morning? Sign a petition. I mean, at least a couple of you would sign. Oh, we, anyway. we would get at least nine people that like us, <laughs> counting the three
1: of us as three Double of
0: Double digits would be a hell of an accomplishment if we could do that. All right, Mac and Bone with you. Sports Radio FNC, delivered by Bojangles. We're going to talk, Bone, about the big. 10 whining and i'm calling it whining you guys may disagree but the big 10 making noise players coaches have done it although they've calmed down and parents now are really getting vocal not to mention the media should the big 10 folks just put a sock in it we're going to talk about that
1: and the charlotte comfort systems temperature right now mackers is The Charlotte Comfort Systems temperature is, as my computer freezes, 70 degrees. We hit 70 degrees. Charlotte Comfort Systems has six months, no payments, no interest available. Check them out at charlottecomfortsystems.com. I do think that there is a lot of things in this world in 2020 worth speaking out over, worth protesting for. There is so much change that needs to be had. It's hard for me to watch people protest over football When the big 10 is actually looking out for the health and safety of many of the players they are protesting for or the the players are protesting for.
0: I I am, you know, I love, I love Penn state, right? I I, want to watch them play football, but I want the players and the parents, some of which are Penn state parents. I want everybody to just pipe down and either come back in the spring and play football. Matter of fact, the report now says they're trying to do as early as January or, or, or don't, or declare for the NFL but just enough already with acting like you are the victim of the greatest injustice in the history of the free world. Did the Big Ten articulate their decision? Well, no, you could argue they haven't articulated it at all compared to the Pac-12 that put a 12-page medical report out for why they canceled the season. But they canceled a season or they didn't even cancel it either. Like I could see it if they canceled it. Boom, there's a parent's protest. Big Ten parents protest that's being organized for right outside the Big Ten headquarters on Friday morning. Sean Wade, stud DB for Ohio State, his dad is putting it together. There's supposed to be parents from all kind of schools there, including Iowa and Penn State. I'm sorry. There are bigger deals in the world yes. than your kids having to wait until January to play college football. And I know not everybody's going to agree with us on this. I understand it. But I just need to know, and I think you're on the same page with me, like, is this bothering anybody else? Players, we get it. You want to play college football. But sometimes decisions are made for your safety or for the liability of huge organizations like universities. And, you know, institutions like like universities. And sometimes you just got to deal. Sometimes in life, you don't always get what you want. And it doesn't have to be the greatest injustice in the world. And I just feel like they're overdoing this perceived injustice no i agree
1: one thing we've learned here in 2020 and this is coming from two guys that host a sports talk radio show this is not coming from just some random this is a guy that makes a living i do make a living i am paid for this makes a living off sports that there are we have found out there are more important things in this world than sports the world will operate without sports the world will operate without big 10 football for what seems to be what they're going to try for three months It'll still go on here. It's not the end of the world. The world will go on without Big Ten football. And it's just, it rings hollow for me that of all the things that can be protested about and quite frankly should be protested about, I don't think Big Ten football being delayed for three months is one The event. weird
0: thing is it's like players, how about the way you're treated? How about the money you make for the organization and the fact you don't get anything back? How about your health care benefits? You don't get health care benefits for the, you know, the immediate future after you leave that school and make that money. There's so So many things, name, image, and likeness. NCAA is trying to fight it in Congress. Fight those things, young men. But the whole thing about they said we can't play football for a few months, they pushed the season off, they're going to try it in the spring. Like, I just don't understand. Like, I mean, I understand it because they love the game. They really want to play. There are guys who could really use that tape in the fall for the NFL draft. But it's just the Pac-12 pac 12s not bitching and moaning about this. I mean, you don't see parents in the Pac-12 freaking out. And if they are, it certainly isn't to this degree. I hadn't heard anything about it. And as far as parents go, like, I would understand if parents wanted to protest that kids were being used to make millions and send it in an unsafe environment. But my son can't play. Like, don't they have life perspective that we're in the middle of a once-in-our-lifetime pandemic and maybe their kids will have to wait to play college football? Are we sure all the kids want to play either? Like, do
1: some of these kids just want to opt out anyways? It wouldn't be better if some of the kids opted out. Like, Justin Fields, honestly, doesn't – I mean, I commend him for trying to be a leader in this. I I, I think it it says a lot about Justin Fields as a person. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, hey, Justin, I think you're going to be all right if you don't play this season. I think you're one of the few guys that... But I I respect the fact he wants to play because he doesn't have to play. No, I just said that. I do. I I respect it. But at the same time, it's like they could could make a decision to play here and Justin Fields could say, "Eh, you know what? Never mind. I'm out. Sean Wade could say, "Eh, you know, I'm out. Like some of these guys where the parents are protesting could actually make decisions where they say, you know what? Are these guys going to play in January either? Some of the protesting
0: parents. Well, that's why they want to play. Well, some of them want to play now because Justin Fields probably won't play in in whatever it is. January football, spring football, whatever it is. If y'all disagree, I mean, hit us up. Let us know you guys disagree. I mean, it's just like, do you like when you hear about this and some media just are eating out of the palm of these folks' hands. Like, oh my god, Justin Fields, this is amazing. What? He said I want to play football and a bunch of fans signed it. Like I just I don't understand what that's what's so great about that. My son wants to play soccer. I don't know if he can or not. Like it's just I just don't like there you know how many things have been shut down because of the pandemic? Like, you know how many people want their jobs and they can't have them because of the pandemic? You know how many people want their full salaries? They can't get them because of the pandemic. Like, why is college football? Why are the Big Ten football players the biggest victims in the world? And then the parents, I just don't get it. Like, you've got parents who, like, are watching young people on the streets protesting racism and racial injustice. And then you don't feel kind of silly holding up a sign, let my kid play football three months before January, before he can start in January? And I don't know. And, again, I know what we're saying, Bone, is going to be polarized. And so, like, everybody share their opinions. We'll try to, you know, get a sample of what the audience is saying out there. But it's just it's starting to annoy me. Now, I will say this. One audience member said this. You react to this, Bone. Um, th- there's this feeling out there from, an from uh, well, two. I think two, two cats said this. Uh, if this was happening here, affecting local teams, you guys would be freaking out. What do you say to that?
1: No, I think I would feel the same exact way. It's not just, I mean, the Big Ten is the conference and the parents that are doing it from the Big Ten. But I think I would feel the same way. I'm not sitting here saying that the, the, Big, Ten doesn't, the Big Ten doesn't matter in the scheme of 2020, but the ACC or the SEC does. I would have that feeling for any of the conferences doing this right now. I don't think it's just because it's the big – no, I think locally I, locally I might even be more passionate about it because of the ties we have to the teams that would be involved in this thing. Listen, I think it's so, – wh- No, I feel the same way no matter what the conference is. I don't just, I don't agree with that.
0: I think it's worth trying – and it, listen, it's a fair point to bring up. Even though I'm a, I'm a PSU fan, like in the Big Ten, like here locally our bread is butter with SEC and ACC football. So if you took them away, would we all be revolting? I think we would be upset – I would try to keep I'm trying to keep all this in perspective. Like, I think it, I want to see them try to take kids off campuses. The ACC, apparently there's a report out there that there's a proposal in the ACC to try to take kids off the campuses and have virtual learning at all their institutions and see if that works to create a football bubble. I think that's worth a shot. But if that doesn't work and they come back and say, we just can't do it, I'm sorry. Safety and liability is, is, is too much of a concern. Like, I'm just not, I don't have it in me to be angry when institutions that are usually seen as greedy... Are giving up millions for the sake of safety or and or liability. Like I just can't freak out over those decisions because those now the problem with the Big Ten is they're not explaining their decision at all. Correct. That's the
1: problem, right? Yep, you're listening to Mac and Bone here on sports radio FNZ talking about the Big Ten uh parents protesting the season, either not happening or delayed your reaction to that 704. 5709610 Mac if you were not aware of the situation and you said oh parents are protesting what did the big 10 do to cause this and then the answer was explained well they're either going to cancel or delay the season oh but why well there's a liability issue and there's a health related issue oh so the parents are protesting that the conference is looking out in some way for the health You're of the right. players, that's what I'm it saying. doesn't really. It would you'd be oh they're they're protesting that they they want their child's health sacrifice, that, that, That's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't make weird. a lot of sense when you break it down it that way, is does it?
0: Weird. We just had Pac-12 athletes put out all the things they want to be taken care of, and now we've got at matter, matter of fact, Big Ten athletes joined, didn't they? Didn't Big Ten athletes have their list of things they want to be taken care of health wise? Yes. And now the Big Ten says, you know what? We can't responsibly do it. And again, they haven't communicated the right way, and that's their fault. But they made it decision because they think they can't keep you safe. And now all of a sudden, the players and parents freak out. So you mean you're protesting that they want to keep your kids healthy? Yes. I mean, it sucks, man, losing all these things because of the virus sucks, But it's just, I can't scream at people that try to err on the side of caution. But how do y'all feel? Y'all know the text line. You know uh, the number to get in. 704- five seven oh nine six ten let me get ron try to figure out how our peeps are feeling about this ron what do you say about the big 10 uh parents and, and players speaking out
2: hey what's going on man hey first off what i'd say is um on, on the first hand of it you know if, if it's about safety and everything else yeah then by all means you know if interview, interview the kids see what they think um and honestly i wouldn't even say kids anymore because most of them are above the age of 18 um so I don't even know why most of the parents are even dealing with this because, you know, at 18 years old, you can sign up for the Army and, you know, go out there. But the parents can't protest against the Army about doing that. So, well, I mean, I know some of the parents pay for, for tuition and stuff like that, but some of the kids get full scholarships. Like, they're old enough to be able to, like, interview themselves and say, hey, listen, people need to start interviewing them. Hey, are you okay with playing at this age?
0: Are yeah. Okay and. And listen, they've spoke out, too, that we want to play hashtag. Yep, for the call. There's a lot of players that have signed Justin Lawrence's, or not Justin Lawrence's, Justin Fields. That would be a hybrid. you imagine how good that quarterback wow. would be if wow. we had a hybrid between Fields and Lawrence? <laughs> You've always got Trevor on the brain, though, don't you? <laughs> That's true. This was, i was supposed to say Justin Fields. i Lawrence got involved. Um, but anyway, more on Trevor Lawrence later in a Panther segment. All right, oh, stay okay. tuned. Stay tuned. But... Um, I don't know. One of the number one things people are saying, and listen, I love the fact that y'all are going to fire off tax. I don't care if they're mean. What like, I love the fact y'all just let it rip on the text line. And a lot of people are saying, basically, they're making the military analogy and saying, you're 18 years old. They're 18 years old. They can fight for the country. Why can't they decide if they play football or not? I heard Joey Galloway say this. They can't play with a concussion, right? There's a concussion protocol to protect them from themselves. Absolutely. How many players know they've got their bell rung but want to play through it? But there's a health policy put in place to protect them from ourselves. We're all over 18 here. We might not act like it, especially preppy. But, Boney, we we have to wear a seatbelt, right? There's a law that says we have to wear a seatbelt. I just think sometimes authority has to make rulings and, and, and decisions based on health, even if we're adults. But, I, but listen, there's a ton of people on the other side to think the Big Ten parents are doing the right thing here. I think my you know? dad protested when I was younger not to let me play sports. <laughs> Please! He embarrasses the family every time he gets most, out there. Most Please parents don't wa- let it happen. Most
1: parents wanted their kids in the games. My dad would take the coach aside <laughs> and said, look, look, <laughs> well, he's a nice kid. He's a nice person. Maybe if we want to win some games here, we take little Bonesy out of the game. Well, I heard that discussion
0: once. Uh, so We've got called a couple of derps here. There's no spring season and they know it. I, I, Terps? I think their, don't you think they want to try to salvage some money? There's like, also I, TV revenue they got to try to see, get back. in. Well, yeah, it's all in the salvaging money thing. I would think they want to try to make it work. They're just not sure they can make it work. And a lot of players will opt out. Um, uh, this uh, other texture saying that the Big Ten, uh, the Big Ten's not giving up millions. They are trying to save millions because of a fear of a lawsuit. But they are going to lose money up front. Yes. The liability thing probably is a concern, whether that's just justified or not. But Boney, they are sacrificing money. If even if they play in the spring, there will be money lost over this.
1: And while we're talking football, you're not gonna want them college football, you're not gonna wanna miss our next guest. Anthony Treach from Pro Football Focus is their college football guy. Wait till you hear who Anthony Treach has as a dark horse playoff contender for the twenty twenty college football season. It's Mac and Bone on Sports Radio, FNZ.
0: It is Sports Radio FNZ Mac and Bone with you here. Uh we've got Panther Talk coming up at 840. You have to hear what the prediction is for the Panthers from USA today. <laughs> and we need to discuss how we're supposed to feel about this. But we'll get into that. We got we get some college football to do here. Y'all know that I am a big pro football focused junkie. I love the stats and I love the kind of uh, you know, advanced metrics and advanced knowledge you get of the game. From PFF.com. Well, they're getting more and more into college football. I've always been all over it for the NFL, but they now have a college football subscription that you can get. They've got a college football preview publication that's out there right now. You can access on the site, uh, and we're going to tell you how to get all of that in a second. But one of their great college football writers... Uh, has been doing a lot of great content lately, uh, including some heavy praise for a local team, and we got to talk to him about it. Anthony dot ProFootballFocus.com, joins us on the Mac Attack. Anthony, thanks for joining us, man. How are you holding up? I'm doing well.
2: How are you guys doing? We're What's do- up, man?
0: We're doing good, man. we got to get to the headliner here. You've done a lot of, of content. Your quarterback rankings are also interesting, and we're going to get into that. But you declaring that the North Carolina Tar Heels are one of your dark horse teams to make the college football playoff, it made me perk up a little bit. Um, what do you think? Why why do you go that strongly on the Tar Heels?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm all in on North Carolina. First off, I mean, they have an incredibly favorable schedule. I mean, right now, I mean, I think there's a realistic chance they could win those first eight games. And if they pull off a victory against Notre Dame or Miami, which I think they very well could go so-to-so with either of those teams to close out the year, I mean, then they get an ACC championship berth, and then they could possibly knock off Clemson, which they almost did last year. I think they have the team to do it. I'm not saying it, it will happen, but I'm saying we shouldn't be surprised or counting them out of them doing it because Sam Howell, I mean, in his true freshman season last year was, I mean, there was some flaws. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't really all the way really refined, but it was the second best season we've ever seen by a true freshman Power 5 quarterback since 2014. I mean, his deep ball... Was, some of, was one of the best in college football, especially from a clean pocket. If he was in the clean pocket, he peppered defenses deep, and he has a great wide receiver duo to utilize in Dak Newsome and Diane e. Brown. And I think the underrated part, too, is the rushing attack. You know, the one-two punch with Javonta Williams and Michael Carter. I mean, those two combined, they ranked uh, fourth among Power 5 offenses last year in explosive rushes, you know, behind only Kentucky, Ohio State, and uh, Clemson. So, I think this offense is definitely perhaps one of the five best in the the entire country, and that's including, you know, the Big Ten and Pac-12. Assuming everything was to go according to plan among the 130 SES teams, probably one of the five best offenses in college football. I think the only thing that might keep them from that is the defense. But, I mean, there's a lot of great rising young players there, too. I mean, Storm Duck, Don Chapman, and, of course, Chad Sherrod. I think... All around, there is a chance they could you know, sneak into the playoff. I mean, they're going to have to pull off some really incredible wins to close out the year, don't get me wrong, but I think they have the offense to do it.
1: Storm Duck on the all-name team. We're talking to Anthony Tree here of Pro Football Focus on the college football side of things here on Sports Radio FNZ and the Technicom Hotline. Anthony, in the preseason, you had Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields at that time, and Jamie Newman as the three All-American quarterbacks. How close is Sam Howell to those three guys?
2: Oh, he's incredibly close. I mean, I, I think Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, I mean, they're in a tier of their own. I don't think anyone comes close to them, but in the 130 quarterbacks ranking I, article I did, I dropped earlier this week at PSF.com, I think the guys between three and eight are kind of, I mean, you could probably put any of those guys at three. I think you're really splitting hairs with some of those guys. And Tim Hell is one of them, next to Jamie Newman, you know, Kevin Slovis, and Ellinger, Tanner Morgan. I mean, I think all those guys, really kind of have it could be in that you know number three category but I think we we went with Jamie Newman just because I, I think he kind of he played extremely well I mean a little bit better than uh, Sam Howell in a really bad situation at Wake Forest so that's why we kind of gave him a nod but Sam Howell was really close.
0: We're talking with Anthony Trish pro football focus pff.com they continue to grow their college football content including You know, preseason magazine, they've got out previewing everything and a subscription service with all kind of advanced stats. If you're a college football nut, let's talk about these QB rankings, because I happen to be you ranked all these quarterbacks. You're talking about Sam Howe and, 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 and who's next after Fields and Lawrence. But you do have Trevor Lawrence, number one. What, what do you expect from Trevor Lawrence if we get a season this year? Because I love this guy, and, man, I'd love to have him in Carolina as our quarterback in the pros. What kind of season do you expect from this year? Because last year, I think he'll admit, the start of the season was not good from him.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm expecting an elite one. There's no doubt about that. Just because, I mean, even with that poor start to start out the year, I mean, he had a really bad game against Georgia Tech early on. And I think when even at the end of the year, he still had an elite PFS grade. I mean, he he's actually the only only one of two quarterbacks to produce a 90.0-plus PSF grade in each of the last two years. Tua Tungabaiola was the other one. And he did that as a true freshman and true sophomore in a Power 5 conference. I mean, that's pretty unheard of. I mean, we're talking about Sam Howe. I mean, he didn't really come close to that. I mean, he, it was close, but he didn't reach that 90.0 threshold. I mean, it was unlike anything we've ever seen from an underclassman. So... I, I think we're kind of, we're, we're expecting a lot from Trevor Lawrence, and I think it's pretty fair to to expect that, just because outside of that one game, he's been on point routinely. I mean, from his arm talent to his mobility, I mean, that's what really kind of won him the, the uh, CFP semifinal game last year against Ohio State. Of course, that 67-yard rushing touchdown, I mean, without that, who's I mean, there's a real chance Clemson doesn't pull off the victory. I mean, that was a clutch carry by Trevor Lawrence, and he's got legit wheels, so I think his game is all around. And, you know, I, I didn't want to put him – it was kind of hard to put him over Justin Fields because Justin Fields, in all honesty, he had the better year last year. I mean, he was the second most valuable player in college football behind only Joe Burrow. It was actually the 10th best season we've ever recorded by a quarterback. But we went ahead and went with Trevor Lawrence here just because we've seen him do it for two years, and that was just only one year sample there for Justin Fields. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, once the draft rolls around, I could see an argument for either one going ahead, going first overall.
1: We're talking to Anthony Treach, pro football focus here on Sports Radio FNZ. You mentioned you ranked every FBS quarterback this week, and I checked it out, pff.com, a must-read list. You ranked 130, right? 130 quarterbacks? Yes, sir. And, and for our Charlotte 49ers fans, you had Chris Reynolds, number 30 on the list, quarterback for the 49ers. What kind of year do you expect from Reynolds this year?
2: I mean, I'm expecting a, a little bit better. Um, just based off of, you know, he has another year under his belt. I think he's kind of the the engine to that team. The defense is really all around poor. So I'm not really expecting a big year out of Charlotte altogether, but from Chris Reynolds I am because, I mean, he is a true dual threat, and that's really why he got the, the 30th spot out of the 130 FBS quarterbacks. I mean, one of the highest we gave to a group of five quarterbacks. So, I mean, I'm expecting a big year from Chris Reynolds, especially there with Victor Tucker, but as, as the team as a whole – I'm not really
0: expecting a whole lot. All right. Niner fans can hit find Anthony Trish pro football focus, PFF.com. You can hunt them down. By the way, if you want all the PFF stats and information, the college football preview, the you know subscription throughout the year that accesses all the stats, um, uh, see, uh, use the promo code CFB25. you get 25% off the whole college football product at PFF.com. Anthony Trish.com. From Pro Football Focus, thank you, Anthony. We appreciate it, man.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, there you go.
0: So, uh, Anthony Treesh, making friends with Heels fans, maybe not with Charlotte fans. By the way, Chris Reynolds is on, like, multiple quarterback awards watch lists. This kid is a player man by far the best signal caller they've ever had there it's very cool for charlotte to finally have a quarterback like that and he's got spotlight no. games within the area against duke oh, and, yeah.
1: and chapel hill and in uh, app state yeah, so definitely. he's going to be he's going to be one to one he, big
0: performances against those teams even if they don't win are going to do a lot for chris reynolds there's two okay so two opinions shared on two opinions we've uh, you know ta- highlighted on this show today about unc bone and both of them have been met with some resistance so here's my question, which is more likely for the Tar Heels this season that Anthony Treese is right and they end up becoming a contender for the playoffs and they are in the playoff hunt late in the season. Keep in mind, only three power five conferences playing um, or Cole Kubelik is right with his power rankings in the ACC and the Tar Heels are the sixth best team in the ACC because people are scoffing at both of those opinions about the heels on either end. Which one is more believable, in your opinion? Uh, Anthony Trish, by far. Okay. I, I
1: think Cole Kublik is way off there. We talked last week about it's not just Sam Howell, who he has on the list, the fourth best quarterback in the country. It's not even just all about him. It's He's got a great coach in Mac Brown. Not many programs, especially when you take out other teams like Ohio State. How many programs bring back two, basically within 24 yards, 2,000-yard backs and 2,000-yard wide receivers? To go with what's ranked here as the fourth best quarterback in college football. Fourth best quarterback, 2,000-yard backs, 2,000-yard receivers. Who has that? Who's stopping that?
0: Not many teams. That offense is going to be machine, man. And it's their second year in the system, in Longo's system. You would expect an improvement naturally because of that. How would they finish sixth with all that? In the ACC. Like, they're not in the SEC, man. Like, like somebody said to me, Mac, is it possible UNC is not quite as ready as you are? Maybe it'll be a year or two. Okay, I don't dispute. I think next year will be even better. And I think moving forward, they'll be better. But here's my point. It's a stinking ACC, y'all. Like, having them pick to finish six in this version of the ACC, even with Notre Dame in there, seems ridiculous to me. Um, uh, If they, listen, if they were behind Clemson, Notre Dame, The Hokies, and we're fourth, it wouldn't shock me. The Miami thing is what bugged me. The fact Cole Kubelik put Miami at two and Carolina's down there at six seems absurd to me, knowing what kind of offense Carolina's going to have. Now, I do worry a little bit about Carolina's defensive line. But I do think they'll benefit on the whole as a defense for their second year in the Bateman system. But there is no way in this stinky version of the ACC, even with Notre Dame, that Carolina is sick. So I agree with you. If you were to tell me, Bone, last week or two of the season, they're sitting in there with a chance to make the college football playoff, I would be less surprised by that than if they
1: finished 6th in the conference. Overall wins last year, they were 6th in the conference. Last season. Just overall, not just ACC. Overall wins, they were 6th in the conference. So They're not d- going to make a leap up? They're not going to get better Holy with Sam Howell as a
0: sophomore and all that talent back? That's oh, freaking crazy, and man. And
1: Cuba's been wrong before on preseason stuff. He had NC State in the playoffs like two or three years ago. That's a good point. Why you got to bring that up and rub that in? the back I love the guy, but Heels seriously. Heels
0: are legit. Too many haters out there, man, that don't want him to be legit, but they are. Coming up next, USA Today puts out their NFL
1: record predictions. You won't want to miss what they have the Panthers at in 2020. It's Mac and Bone on Sports Radio, FNZ, and the radio.com app. What you got to do is be patient. We're in such a, an instant gratification that if they go 4 and 12 this year, people are going to say well, he's no good. I'm with you. I lean on the side. If you'll let Matt Rule do his thing like they did at Temple and like they did at Baylor, then he'll turn around. You've got to have players. I don't care if you're the best coach in the world. You don't have players, you don't, you're not winning. Give me an average coach with great players, they'll win. Give me a good coach with good players, then you're going to be in the playoffs with a chance in the tournament every year. So I'm a Matt Rule fan. I thought it was a great hire, and now we'll see how it turns out. And I'm going to tell you what now. You don't, Joe Brady, he got the right guy.
0: Former NFL QB uh, football analyst Sean Salisbury was on the clubhouse with Kyle Bailey yesterday, right here on Sports Radio FNZ, Mac and Bone with you. I I like Salisbury's opinions, man. He's got strong opinions. I'm not just saying this, Bone, because he's raving about Matt Rule there. Uh, now I do think he was the least reliable regular sure. guest. the least. Re- that's my story. He's the least reliable regular guest in MacAttack show history. Do you remember that? Like, we oh. would, he would be booked for a weekly Friday, and he would be about a forty-seven percent hit. Right? Like, is he's he would be like I'm trying to think. Shaq free throw shooting would be about <laughs> as
1: reliable as he was. He hit one season. He had three out of sixteen weeks. I think. It was. <laughs> and I was responsible back then. And that's how. That's where the Bone Man learned the crap. Of radio when I had to roar, had to grind out booking guests when I had to go try to find Sean Salisbury every single Friday you had
0: afternoon. to chase him down. that was so was long ago. Going, Where is he? that had to be that would be ten years ago at this point it was you know you and I've been on the nice, air here nice, together here nice, together at least fifteen years The nicest guy though I will he, say that he, just he is a good dude man and I like what he said about Rule he also he he talked highly of Bridgewater. So obviously, you know, I don't necessarily feel the same about Teddy as he does, but that was good stuff with Kyle and Sean Salisbury yesterday on the clubhouse. All right, this next, we got to talk some Panthers here. They're back at practice today, and uh, Matt Rule said, I'm giving them a day off Wednesday, I'm giving them a day off Sunday. Thursday through Friday are going to be hard three days. So those guys, are they're, they're going to be in for it these next three days. They're going to be working. Bone USA Today. We're in this point where people are starting are are doing their projections for the season, right? Yeah. How many wins this team had? USA Today's Nate Davis did a piece yesterday online. You can find online, and he broke down how the record of every team in the league, projected record of every team in the league, and, and a little paragraph as to why. He had our Panthers at two and fourteen, tied with another one of Bone's favorite teams, Uh-oh. the New York Giants, as the worst record in the league. At two and fourteen, and that's four wins combined. There, I right. have I have two <laughs> qu- and and the funny thing is, there, Bone. Bone has a third team, the Jets, and they had three wins. So Bone has three favorite football teams, and they have a projected seven wins according to USA Today combined. I have three
1: teams combined that wouldn't if you put them in as one team, that wouldn't make the
0: playoffs. <laughs> See the three team thing; it sounds good in theory. It doesn't always work out well. What do well, they? Have the yo. Bills at Mac doesn't know they've got the Bills ten. Ten and six, and we're in the division. Right? One, no six. one, uh, honestly, I knew no that. I just want to hear you. No say one, it. no one cares. No, it is, yeah, that is true. That there's nobody let's talk out there listening. let about the two and fourteen Panthers by. projection. Thank you, Boney. Thank you for restoring order, my friend. That's what I'm here for. Um, what do you think about two and fourteen? Like, do you? Is that? Let's. There's multiple questions I have with this, for you, for all Panther fans. First one is. Is 2-14 and 14 possible, or do you look at that and say, no, they ain't that bad?
1: No, it's not possible. Now, I think they're going to get off to a semi-rough start here based off of just what's going on in the offseason and the young defense. But Remember, last year, there was a projection. Don't think it was Nate Davis, USA Today, but people thought the Dolphins might be one of the worst teams of all time. They truly did. Like, the way they went to the Dolphins and how they were going to tank for Tua, we thought the Dolphins might be 1-15, Oh, 16. And it started out that way. They got beat by the Ravens, like what 59 to 10 or whatever that score was. They looked like, yep, they're going to be that bad. But Brian Flores first year sort of maximized by the end of the year, that young team out to be better. They won what five games last year. That's what Matt Rule is going to do. You can project two wins all you want to. By the end of the year, they're going to win some football games you didn't think early that they would win. See, I think I, I think they're more in the five-win range, I, listen, four, or four or five wins. I,
0: I think they'll win four or five games, but there is no way I'm going to say, like a lot of Panther fans have said in the last 24 hours since this thing came out from USA Today, picking us two and 14, there is no way I'm going to say we can't go two and 14. Like, I, I don't know what team y'all are talking about. Like, the uh, Chiefs can't go two and 14, y'all. I don't know how our floor does not have two and 14. Unless Andy Reid eats eats Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Then there's a situation. And even then it wouldn't matter because Andy Reid makes every quarterback better. But but here's the thing, though, Boney. Like if Russell Okung has health problems and then Greg Little has to play left tackle, and you and I both heard not glowing reviews from over there about Greg Little. If the interior line, if plays like he did last year, um, if those things happen, if Teddy Bridgewater just truly can't just check – throws checkdowns all the time in short passes, and doesn't make plays downfield, doesn't use our speed, and doesn't raise the level of players around him, and can't throw the ball deep because of an offensive line that's bad. If the defense bone that is so young, talented but young, just gets obliterated by the amazing passing attacks that we face, I don't see why you can say two is not possible. Like, would I pick us to win two? No. But to say that is not possible. I don't know who you think you're rooting for here, man. Well, if We're over, starting over. If
1: the over/unders five, you're playing the under for sure. You're not going the over on that. Not not you, just in general. If the over/unders five, I'm I'm going way more towards the two, three, four range rather than the six, seven, eight, nine. Right? Yeah, they could get to six, but if you think they're winning seven, eight, nine. No way. They're more closer to two wins than the other direction. Okay, so now so sure. you're coming to my side now. No, I'm on your side. Well, you said there's no way they're winning two games. No, I'm, I'm saying, but if I had to, they're, they're more closer to two. I don't think they're winning two. I think they're winning probably around five. But if I had to bet, they're closer to the two than they are I, going the other direction. That's maybe, my point. And listen, that was my I'm whole not, point. I don't think I'm they're going to win
0: two. I think they're winning five. Maybe I'm not mad at you. Maybe I'm just yelling at you because I'm frustrated because some Panther fans, like, for example— there were there were catch yesterday on Panthers Twitter bone, and I know I spent way too much time on there. But there were catch yesterday on Panthers Twitter. We're gonna win nine games. That's insane. We're an eight and eight team. I don't know what this two and four thing is. That's an injustice. That's, that's ridiculous. I, I just I, I don't get angered when people pick us to go two and four. As a matter of fact, there's plenty of good things if we went two and four. Quite honestly, but I just I think some fans are setting themselves up to be angry because their expectations are unrealistic. Now I know that's ironic. Because every year, what do people tell me? Your expectations are unrealistic, Mac. You're a homer. You're setting fans up for disappointment. Usually people are saying that to me. This year, what I am saying is, please don't expect a lot, Panther fans. And you shouldn't really, honestly, care about wins this year. This year is about the process and young players, right? If you think they're winning nine games, you might need to go see your doctor today for for a checkup
1: because I don't I don't see how you're getting. Get Get 'em, look, bone, get 'em. Look at the t- look at the quarterbacks they're playing. How you get? Where are the nine wins coming from? Unless you're Sal Palantonio, where are you getting nine or ten wins out of this thing? They played Tom Brady twice. They played Matt Ryan twice. Drew Brees twice. Pat Mahomes, Rodgers, Rodgers, Cousins, Stafford. Hell, Kyler Murray in week number four. That offense is going to be legit. That's at least eleven losses right there. Let's so I mean, where where are you getting your nine or ten wins? I I, I don't I don't understand what you're seeing. Get lens
0: crafters, please. I've got I've got a guy hitting us up. It's an I I uh, I thing. <laughs> Thank you for that, sure. Bone. I got a guy hitting us up saying uh, six to t- eight wins is the uh, range. I just I think it's two to six, maybe (laughs) I think is our range. But here's the and here's the thing, too, because I know people are going to be saying, Mac, what happened to you, Mac? You're so negative like. This is just reality, man. this is and I literally don't care what our record is this year. Matter of fact, if it gets too good, I might get too mad about it. Like let me ask you this question, Bone. Yeah, if we go two and four, by the way, Mac and Bone, sports radio F and 14. talking about um, uh, talking about USA Today, picking the Panthers to have the worst record in the NFL, two and 14. We're talking about whether or not you think that's possible. And now here's the next thing I want to say about this. Do you think how do you think fans would 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 act? If we went two and fourteen. Do you think fans would be angry about it? Do you think Matt Rule would be getting ripped? Yes. Because I have a bad feeling yes. he would be, and I don't think that's fair.
1: Yes, I do. I think I think they're gonna be hard on Matt Rule because again, it's gonna go back to the Cam stuff. So there's gonna be a lot of Panda fans that say, well, maybe if we had Cam, maybe we would be more wins or whatever. But I but this is not. To me, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a terrible argument. This is not about Matt Rule in 2020. The Panthers know that. This is about 2021, 2022, and beyond. This has nothing to do with 2020 wins are irrelevant. Maybe Marty Herney cares about wins because apparently, based off some moves he made, he's yep. trying to win now. But again, I don't think Marty Herney is long term necessarily. Matt Rule is, and if Matt Rule has a plan to to that blank canvas that we talked about the other day. It's not going to be a finished product in 2020. We have to let have to be patient with this thing. Even if they did win a couple games, you have to be patient with this thing as well. Even if for some reason, Mac, even if they started three and one, I'm just throwing it out there. If they started three and one this year. There's still got to be patience because there's going to be some bumps in the road.
0: If they start three and one, forget everything you heard me say. All right. If they start three and one, <laughs> you will hear that. You will you will hear the jingling of the pom poms in the background again. I don't know. Pom poms jingle. But they I, don't. No, home, no, no, no. You ain't keeping me patient if they start three and one. Good luck with that. But I have a feeling with the lack of practices and lack of continuity that they are Wait, not going to start three and one. On.
1: If they start three and one, though, Preppy, that means most likely a hot start. It's probably based a lot on the offense, right? Yes. That means Teddy Bridgewater probably got off to a decent start at three and one. So are we marking down probably one two. Probably by about mid October, Max on the Bridgewater bandwagon. If they start a three and one, but well, we're not starting uh, three and one. Sure, but
0: if we start three and one, I'm changing my tune and getting hyped up. But honestly, Mac, and if you think about it, though, the Panthers have been good at losing
1: games late in the season. So if they start three and one, they can still go three and thirteen next year. Not a bad idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Knock that off, preppy. I see. I think here's the thing. To me, if we go like, are there not people that are going to be happy if we're two and fourteen? Though honestly, do you remember Bone the attitude that people had? when we were sucking for luck back before we knew Andrew luck was going to not go into the draft. Yeah. I mean, people were going crazy. Let's lose these last four games. Let's get Andrew luck. You don't think that I know Trevor Lawrence has been polarizing here for some reason. People want to say he's overrated or whatever. Not everybody wants some people want to believe in Teddy. Not everybody wants the quarterback, but bone, if we get if it, if it if four weeks are to go and we're in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, am I wrong to think there will be a fair amount of people that will be then saying, "I want Trevor Lawrence"? I, I I believe so, and also based off of this,
1: Panthers at two and fourteen. You mentioned the Giants on here, Mac at two and fourteen as well, right? Which I think the Giants might be a little better than two and fourteen. They have Jacksonville. Nate Davis USA Today. We're talking about his projections yesterday. Panthers two and fourteen. He's got Jacksonville at three and thirteen. So it would come down to the Panthers and the Giants for Trevor Lawrence based off of these
0: projections. Yesterday. based on that, which and of then course, we'll figure
1: out the giants with Daniel Jones. You wouldn't assume they needed the quarterback, but you never know in this day and age, but they'd be They'd be one above Jacksonville by two the way, and 14. Then again,
0: this is just one individual's opinion. <laughs> Full disclosure. I don't know if it matters what Nate Davis says that we are going to do. He's also
1: got the saints winning the super bowl and they're beating the Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game. So Panthers 2-14, and 14, Saints and Bucks battling to get to the Super Bowl, Saints winning it all. So it seems
0: like a really glorious year to be a Panthers fan. I think what I'm trying to say is, listen. And the Falcons in there, too, he has. W- whatever, our, <laughs> whatever our record is, and if it's really stinky, I'm telling you, I think you guys, like if the young players get better as the season goes on, especially on defense, and we got a chance to get, like we're sitting there staring at Lawrence or Fields, like I don't think – the modus operandi of the fan base should be oh my god this matt rule guy stinks that's a big word i don't think i don't think it should be this matt rule guy stinks i'm angry i think it should be we have a chance to get a franchise quarterback. young players got better like i just i hope we're not sitting here hammering matt rule over record in year one of a seven-year contract bone when he's starting a rebuild like I just hope that isn't the case. All right, but y'all weigh in. Let us know how you're thinking. Next up, uh, Kenny the Jet Smith. Next up, we gotta talk about uh, both one seeds losing. Are they really in jeopardy? Kenny Smith, TNT. TNT next.